Well, good morning. Welcome to our morning service. We're going to start with number 259. If you take your hymn sheet and turn with me to 259, we'll sing to God be the glory. great things he has done so loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life and atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood to every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory great things he hath done great things he hath taught us great things he hath done and great our rejoicing through jesus the son but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder our transport when jesus we see praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Well, good morning. That song and the encouragement that we receive in it is going to factor greatly into our uh, morning message today. So I appreciate, uh, I think, Zach, the Holy Spirit may have led you to choose that song. <laughs> let's, let's hope that's the case. Uh, I appreciate Zachary and, and, and Ray being here to help us uh, when no one else can be. So, so thank you, men. This morning we'll see that uh, the Lord has blessed us greatly uh, even in the face of trials like we're in today, we all know, uh, those of us who are saved, know great blessings uh, in Christ, blessings that are associated with God the Father, uh, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and God the Holy Spirit. And those blessings we'll see this morning, uh, yes, they're blessings for us, but God desires that those blessings would encourage us to praise Him. Uh, he has done great things for us. He is worthy of praise and most certainly even in the midst of a trial like this. He has his purposes. Uh, he's involved in our lives, and, and thank God for that. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. We'll open in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you this morning uh, for all of your many blessings. 
Uh, Lord, we are to be grateful even for trials, knowing that you're at work in them, accomplishing your good purposes. So uh, we thank you this morning even for the trials. Father, we thank you this morning for being a God who has poured many blessings into our lives. Lord, we understand this morning that, yes, you bless us, but your desire is that we would not just receive the blessings as the end, but uh, in part uh, as a means to an end, that we would, uh, as the end, bless you, praise you, Lord, for being a God who blesses us so very richly. Lord, I pray that you would work in this service this morning. I pray that you would uh, help us now to humble our hearts before you. Uh, Lord, to ask you this morning, uh, how would you work in my heart today? Lord, uh, how would you have me to respond to the teaching and preaching of your word today? Uh, Lord, what would you have me to do with these thy words? Help us to have that kind of humility and yieldedness this morning. And Lord, as we sing a bit more, I pray that we'd do that, uh, just that, wherever we are, that we would sing out to you and worship you and bring you honor and glory and praise in song this morning. Father, work here this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take our hymn sheets and go to number 362. We'll sing, There is Power in the Blood, number 362. free from the burden of sin there's power in the blood power in the blood would you or evil the victory win there's wonderful power in the blood there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb there is power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And the last, would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily as praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Good singing. We'll turn right over to number 630. Number 630, we'll sing, It's Just Like His Great Love. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last of 630. A 
friend I have called Jesus, whose love is strong and true, and never fails, how rare it is, right, no matter what I do. I've sinned against this love of his, but when I knelt to pray, confessing all my guilt to him, the sin clouds rolled away. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. Sometimes the clouds of trouble be dim the sky above. I cannot see my Savior's face. I doubt his wondrous love. But he from heaven's mercy seat, beholding my despair, in pity bursts the clouds between and shows me he is there. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love and the last. Oh, I could sing forever of Jesus' love divine. Of all his care and tenderness for this poor life of mine. His love is in and over all, and winds and waves obey. When Jesus whispers, peace be still, and rolls the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to roll the clouds away. It's just like Jesus to keep me day by day. It's just like Jesus all along the way. It's just like his great love. Well, praise God for a God who loves us greatly this morning, for a Lord uh, who loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us, Brother Ray. You, me, everyone uh, listening today and everyone everywhere, uh, that's a great love indeed. I want to ask you to take your Bible this morning, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, if you were with us in the 10 o'clock hour this morning, we began uh, looking at the book of Colossians, and this morning, in the, now in the 11 o'clock hour, we will begin looking at the book of Ephesians. I always like uh, beginning a new series. I always like diving into a book uh, and beginning uh, all over again. Uh, it's just a, I always just find it uh, to be encouraging to, to dig into a new chapter, and I hope this morning you will be greatly encouraged as well. Now let's, um, as we did just quickly this morning regarding Colossians, just set up some of the introductory material here. Uh, you recall, please, that of course this is God's word. The Apostle Paul uh, has written this. It's an epistle or a letter uh, from the Lord penned down by Paul uh, to, first to the church members uh, there at Ephesus, 
Uh, Ephesus, of course, was uh, part of, well, it was, it was nearby Colossae. It was within about 100 miles of Colossae, as we saw this morning. Uh, it is located or was located in uh, the, the area geographically that would be modern-day uh, Turkey. Uh, so this is, uh, this is a place where, where Paul had the privilege to plant a church here. Uh, it was a wicked place. It was a place where uh, Diana worship had kind of been the thing. That was the false religion uh, that most people, at least, would likely have been saved out of. Uh, they would hear the gospel. They would hear that, hey, this uh, false worship, this worship, goddess worship uh, is offensive to God. There's, there's no true salvation in that. Uh, continuing in that would result in someone dying, going to hell, but that in Christ they could know forgiveness of their false worship and in all of their sins uh, and, and be just as certain of heaven uh, as hell was without the gospel. So uh, this is uh, the Lord uh, using Paul to deliver his words to the church members at Ephesus and, of course, to us as well. Brother Ray, these words have been preserved by God supernaturally for us unto this very day. Now, we'll see a number of themes as we make our way through uh, the book of Ephesians. And one of the things, and, and this is where we'll begin this morning. You'll be encouraged by this this morning. Uh, one of God's purposes is to remind us of the, the many blessings, the fact that God has blessed us richly. You may be tempted this morning to look around and say, I don't know, Pastor, with this coronavirus situation, with 50,000 Americans, maybe more, uh, having died of COVID-19, I'm not sure I see many blessings. Well, I promise you this morning that there are blessings, and we'll do well this morning to be reminded of uh, blessings that are independent of what's happening uh, in the world today. Uh, we'll see as we make our way through this book, the Lord uh, desires to describe some of his uh, purposes in Christ. We will see the Lord through Paul uh, encourage a unity in Christ uh, within uh, local church assemblies like ours, and we will see the Lord encourage believers um, in the love of Christ. So God has many purposes. Of course, uh, one last thing, he'll encourage believers uh, to take a stand for Christ. And this morning, boy, that's, that's as important as it ever has been. Maybe it's more important that we be willing, able and willing today to take a stand for Christ, to be willing to stand against error, to lovingly, graciously call error, error, to call sin, sin, uh, and then point people to God's answer uh, for sin, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so we'll see before we're done here, toward the end of the book, the Lord's encouragement uh, to be willing to stand for Christ and understand that God enables us. He, he enables us to do that. So what I'd like to do this morning is look at the first, uh, for basically the first half of Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to begin this morning by uh, reading uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We'll read down through verse 14, the first 14 verses uh, of this book. Here, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, an epistle, forgive me, Paul, an apostle, he's writing an epistle, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you uh, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God, blessed be 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in or through Christ. Verse 4 says, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us through the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6, Paul continues, he says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Verse 10, Paul continues that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. In whom, verse 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. See this last phrase, please, unto the praise of his glory. This morning we'll title the message, Praiseworthy Blessings. Praiseworthy Blessings. Please uh, bow your head with me. Father, I thank you, Lord, so very much this morning for uh, all of the blessings that you bestow upon all of your people. Uh, Lord, there are blessings that are common to us all that uh, are related to your ministry to us, to our Savior's ministry to us, to the ministry of the Spirit uh, in our lives. Father, thank you this morning for these many blessings. Lord, we're reminded here this morning that you are to be praised for these things. Uh, that is a great part of your purpose for your blessings. Lord, that we not just receive them and move on, but that we be encouraged to praise you, a glorious God, a God who is able and willing to graciously bless his people. Lord, I pray that you would work here now this morning. Help me, uh, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want you to consider a question this morning. What is your response to God's blessings? Uh, we'll look at some specific blessings this morning, but I think you recognize, uh, if, if you just take a moment uh, and think about it, you recognize many blessings uh, from the Lord in your life. You've been blessed greatly, even in the midst of uh, the trial that uh, our nation uh, is in now, and indeed the world is in now. Nonetheless, despite this trial, we have been blessed greatly. What's your response 
uh, to those blessings. Well, we'll see this morning, we're, we're reminded here a number of times this morning uh, that God desires that his blessings, well, well yes, uh, for our benefit, for our encouragement, uh, in part, the greater purpose of those blessings is that we would be encouraged by them, not just to take them and move on, uh, but to glorify, to praise God uh, for his many blessings. I hope you understand this morning that God desires to be praised. Brother Ray, he, that's part of our worship, right? God desires uh, that we, we, we would praise him, that we would bring him honor and glory, that we do that in prayer, that we do that amongst ourselves, that we praise him uh, to the lost. Uh, honestly, to anyone who will listen, and if no one else will listen, just praise him to himself. Uh, we, we recognize this morning that God is greatly desiring of our praise. Uh, of our worship. I want you to see, look back here in uh, verse 3. Uh, we'll pick it up here this morning in verse 3. Now, verse 3, uh, as we will see here, is really, uh, it's a key to this chapter. Uh, it introduces and becomes kind of the controlling idea uh, for this chapter. It is the point that Paul develops and revisits several times. Uh, he'll show praises related to the Father and then to the Son uh, and then to the Holy Spirit. And each time Paul, uh, who's giving us God's words, not his own words, but words from God, uh, each time uh, the Lord has Paul to bring the point, to bring the flow of the letter back to the purpose for those blessings. So if you will look with me here in verse 3, blessed be uh, God the Father, praise be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, praise him, praise him, uh, the one who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings uh, in heavenly places. Uh, in verse 6, we'll see... Uh, Prior to verse 6, blessings, and then when we get to verse 6, uh, we'll see to the praise of the glory of his grace. Praise him for these blessings. And, and then we'll see blessings that are associated with Christ. And you get to verse 12, and you see this, that we should be to the praise of his glory, uh, those of us who have trusted in Christ. Christ has blessed us. We should praise him uh, for that. And then Paul will point to some specific blessings that we know in the spirit of God. Uh, specifically, you understand we worship uh, a triune God, one God uh, who exists as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, somehow inseparable, uh, somehow who constitute one uh, indivisible, inseparable God. That's a, that's a mysterious thing. I can't understand that. I can't comprehend that, but I accept that in faith because that is revealed by the word of God, uh, by God through his word to us. And don't, don't, don't be frustrated by that. Uh, it, it, as I've said before, it is a wonderful thing that the nature of God in some ways uh, is beyond our grasp. It's beyond our comprehension. God is that great. He is that much different than us as our creator. Uh, don't be discouraged by that. Be encouraged by that. Uh, so again, we'll see, we'll see blessings that are associated with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then after that, in verse 14, Paul will say, uh, unto the praise of his glory. God blesses us richly. There is no question about that this morning, uh, especially as we yield to him. 
But I want you again this morning as we go through just these 14 verses to see that the Lord keeps bringing back, he keeps driving the point back to his purpose uh, for blessing us. It is, it is so that we would be reminded and encouraged to praise him uh, for being a God who blesses us. Be thankful for God's blessings. Receive them with joy and gratitude, but do not miss the point that God desires that it encourage us to praise him. This is the purpose for blessings that the Lord highlights in this passage today. Let's just jump in. I have three main points today. Number one, God the Father is worthy of praise for his blessings. Uh, God the Father, then God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. But first, God the Father. Come back with me, please, to verse 3. Blessed be God the Father, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath what? I hope you have your Bible open. Who hath blessed us, uh, all of us, with all spiritual blessings. Uh, these are spiritual blessings here. They're, they're of God. They're spiritual things uh, in heavenly places in Christ. We'll come back to that uh, in a moment. Uh, we are blessed. We are blessed because uh, God the Father has placed us in a position of, uh, he's elected us to a position of holiness, uh, a position of holiness and a greater and greater practical sanctification. Uh, this, is, this is made possible, of course, because of Christ, uh, who he sent because he loves us so much to die in our place, to make our salvation possible, to make our forgiveness possible, uh, to make it then possible for us to be indwelt by the Spirit of God, uh, who, who would then bring forth a greater and greater holiness uh, in our lives. We see this here in verse 4. According as he, the Father, hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame uh, before him. Now we take care this morning uh, not to understand this in a hyper-Calvinistic fashion at all. We do not believe in our church, we do not believe the Bible teaches that God has sovereignly chosen some to be saved and has sovereignly chosen some people not to be saved, that, that he created some specifically not to be saved. God has made it clear that it's his will that all men would come to Christ. The Bible makes it clear that Christ died for anyone and that everyone, anyone and everyone who would come to him uh, turning from sin with a humble repentance to Christ and placing their faith in him uh, will be redeemed, will be forgiven, uh, will uh, be indwelt by the Holy Spirit who makes our sanctification a greater increasing practical holiness uh, possible. That's God's desire. Uh, that's his will. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 2, we're described as elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter writes uh, that, that greeting. God has foreknowledge, of course, of who will be saved uh, and who will not be saved. We are elect, and uh, there, there is predestination in that sense, in the sense that God knows who will be saved uh, and who will not be saved. Brother Ray, he's omniscient. He knows all things. 
Uh, so, of course, he, he knows that. Uh, and, and those who uh, are saved are, are elected to be sanctified. God, it's God's desire. It's his will. And he provides the Holy Spirit, the plan of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, to, uh, to practically sanctify us, not just to save us from the consequence of sin, uh, but that our lives would reflect a greater and greater separation from sin. That's God's desire. That is his will. Uh, he makes that possible. Uh, the possibility of both our salvation uh, and our sanctification is a great blessing from God the Father. By the way, don't miss this, please. Uh, all of this, uh, the blessing of being saved, uh, in the blessing of being sanctified practically, this reflects the Father's love for us. You see that at the end of verse, um, at the end of verse four. Uh, at the end of verse four, uh, I, I gotta check that. Yes, in love, uh, that we should be holy and without blame before Him. In love. Uh, now, there's much that could be said about that phrase and its placement here. Uh, but I believe we, we could agree that at least this is true. Uh, all of this, these, these blessings of salvation uh, and practical sanctification reflect God's love. He loved us enough to send his only begotten son uh, to make these blessings possible. You are loved by God the Father. What an amazing, wonderful, comforting truth this morning. Uh, Romans 5 and verse 8 says this, but God commendeth his love toward us. God, the Father, commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved us so much even before we were saved, even before he sent Christ uh, to make our salvation uh, possible, uh, the, the completeness of it. In 1 John 4 and verse 9, write that reference down, please. 1 John 4 and verse 9, the Bible says, In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. We have spiritual life today, those of us that know Christ, because of the death of God's only begotten son. Uh, what, a, what a privilege, what a joy, what a blessing. Uh, in 1 John 4 and verse 19, the Bible says, we love him because he first loved us. Do you love God this morning? Do you love him? Uh, do you, well, I hope you do. I hope you have such a, a gratitude for your salvation and such a gratitude for the blessing not only of salvation from the consequence of sin, but the sanctification uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, fueled, Holy Spirit powered, Holy Spirit ministry in our lives that separates us practically from sin. Great blessings. Great blessings indeed made possible by God the Father. Uh, we're blessed. We're blessed uh, by him. Uh, verse 5 says that we're adopted. Uh, we, we have received adoption of children, verse 5, or as children by Jesus Christ to him according to the good pleasure of his will. Imagine, if you, if you will, for a moment that uh, you were a young child and, and you did not have parents. Uh, for whatever reason, your parents were not in your life. Maybe some of you have had that experience and you know how difficult that, that was. Uh, I have not had that experience, so 
Uh, I, 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 don't, I can only imagine the great difficulty uh, that, that would be in that circumstance, in that situation. But there is a sense in which we have all, uh, all been without parents. Before you were saved, uh, you were not part of the family of God. Uh, you were not part of, uh, you were not one of God's children. But the Father has made it possible for us to be saved through Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And when we place our faith in death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we are quite literally adopted into the family of God. That, that phrase, family of God, biblically, I believe, is a reference to all saved people. You are adopted. You are blessed with the privilege of being adopted into God's family. That is an extraordinary, amazing blessing. Just stop and think about that. If, if, you, if you grew up without parents and then you were adopted into a family, that would be an amazing blessing. But that's a temporary thing. That's an earthly thing. Uh, those of us who are saved have been adopted into the family of God. We now have a heavenly father. That is a great privilege. It is a great blessing. It ought to encourage us uh, to be thankful and to praise God for blessings of this great magnitude. Well, Paul writes that. Uh, he writes that to the Ephesian church, and God has preserved it for this church in this day. God's purpose for these blessings, these rich blessings, to say the very least, is verse 6. Uh, here it is. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted uh, in the beloved. Uh, this is to encourage our praise, uh, our praise of the glorious grace that he has bestowed, that he has poured out upon us, his people. Remember, grace is undeserved favor, unmerited favor. Uh, the, 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 the grace that's uh, reflected in our salvation is the idea. We don't, deserve, uh, we don't deserve to be saved from the consequence of our sin. We don't deserve to be sanctified by the Spirit of God, to be increasingly separated from our sin. Uh, we don't deserve to be adopted into the family of God. This all reflects God's grace, his willingness to bless us this way, despite the fact that we simply do not deserve this, not one bit. It's a glorious grace of God that makes this possible, wherein he hath made us accepted uh, in the beloved. This is for the purpose of encouraging us to praise him, praise God the Father. Listen, I want to encourage you to stop just for a moment. Maybe you've never really praised God for your salvation or your sanctification or your adoption. Would you just stop right now in your own mind or out loud if you prefer? Just praise God for that. God, I want to stop and thank you and praise you for saving me. God, I want to stop you and thank you and praise you for sanctifying me. God, I want to stop you and, 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 and praise you and thank you for adopting me into your family. That is an amazing, glorious thing. God, thank you for your grace uh, and the cross that makes all of that possible. Uh, God desires that we worship him, and part of our worship is praising him for these things. This is what the Bible says. Praise God the Father for these many blessings. Now, I hope this morning that as you praise the Father for these things, that that's an encouragement to you, that that lifts you up, that uh, as, as you turn your attention from coronavirus and, uh, and COVID-19 and 
all the financial struggles and practical trials that come uh, with these things, that, that your, your focus, your attention becomes off of those things and, and onto God the Father. And what a, what a glorious thing that is. What, what a wonderful opportunity we have. And indeed, a command from the Lord to do just that. Number two this morning, number two this morning, God the Son is worthy of praise for his blessings. God the Father is worthy of praise uh, for his blessings that he pours into our lives, but so is God the Son. The Lord Jesus Christ is God the Son. No less divine, no less God than God the Father is. Please don't lose sight of that fact. Jesus Christ came as a man, but he remained God in every sense, in every way, no less 100% God than he ever was a, a man, but still God. Yes, we understand he set aside some of the exercise, some of the privilege and right to exercise his divine rights and, and uh, abilities while he was here, choosing instead to minister in the power, the anointing power of the Spirit of God as an example to us, uh, no doubt. But uh, that none of that changes the fact that Christ always has been, he is, and he always will be God the Son, the Son of God, but God the Son, as much God as God the Father. See verse 7. Uh, speaking of Christ, Paul writes, he says, in whom we have redemption. Don't miss this next phrase, please, through his blood. Some of our modern Bible translations uh, delete blood. They drop blood. The blood is important. Uh, we could not be saved unless Christ was willing to shed his blood. Why is that? That's God's plan. That's God's way. Hebrews 9 verse 22 uh, says that. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood uh, is no remission. Sins are not covered by anything but blood, and the perfect blood of a perfect Savior covers our blood, per our sins, covers our sins perfectly. Praise God this morning uh, for that. Uh, verse 7 again, in whom we have redemption through his blood, and because of that, the forgiveness of sins, and again, all of this reflects the riches of the riches of his grace. Come back with me and consider this word redemption uh, for just a moment. Blessings of Christ. Blessings of Christ. Number one, redemption. Uh, we have redemption in and through and because uh, of Christ. We have been redeemed. We have been uh, bought back from the consequence, uh, from the penalty, and from the power of sin. Before you were saved, you were under the penalty of sin. You were absolutely on your way, you were on a one-way trip to hell, and there was, there was no get-out-of-hell card available to you before you were saved. Uh, you were on your way to hell. You were not part of the family of God. You were very much, uh, very seriously on your way to a place of conscious, eternal suffering uh, and damnation. Listen, I don't like to preach this. I don't like to even think it. But if there has not been a time that you personally, wherever you are, have turned to Christ and, and, and placed your faith in the penalty that he paid for your sin on the cross, you are still on that one-way trip to hell. But, but you do not have to continue down that road. You can simply come to Christ in faith today uh, and be bought back, be purchased back from the penalty of sin. Boy, I encourage you, I urge you, if you have not made that decision, 
Uh, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Please, I beg you, uh, come to Christ today. Come to Christ today. Uh, it is only through his blood and your faith in him that you can be purchased back from the penalty, the consequence of sin. Verse 7 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Uh, and because of that, because of that, the next part of verse 7, the next phrase says, the forgiveness of sin. There is no forgiveness uh, there is no forgiveness possible without Christ, a perfect sacrifice uh, on a terrible cross, uh, shedding the blood of a perfect Savior, a perfect sacrifice to cover our sin perfectly. But in that becomes the possibility of real forgiveness, uh, complete forgiveness, and the certainty of forgiveness when you place your faith in him. Again, don't miss the last part of verse seven. This is according to or made possible by the riches of his grace, not by anything that we do to earn this. You cannot be good enough to earn your own redemption. You cannot be good enough to earn your way off of that road to hell. The Bible has made that clear. You can't be religious enough. You can't do enough good works. You can't take your neighbors enough groceries because they can't get in the store. Because of, You cannot earn your way to heaven. There is no possibility biblically because it's a free gift, free to us. Uh, certainly not free to Christ. He came and shed his blood and died and was buried. Yes, he rose again, but he had to shed his blood and die to be buried first. It most certainly was not free to him. But this is, this is now available to us at zero cost to us. Christ has paid the price. He shed his blood. Forgiveness of sin is possible, certain for the believer. This is according to the riches of his grace. Uh, what blessings, Brother Ray? What great, great, marvelous blessings. Look at verse 8. Because of his grace, we're blessed with all wisdom and prudence, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. One man has said that God, godly wisdom regards things that are to do. Let me try that again. One man has said that godly wisdom regards things that are to be believed, whereas prudence involves things that we are to do. Uh, knowledge of both are blessings indeed. One man says, godly wisdom is, is knowledge of what we should do and what we should not do. Uh, prudence involves uh, things that we are to do. Uh, Mr. Webster, in his 1828 dictionary, defines prudence as wisdom applied to practice. Wisdom applied to practice. It can involve the choice to do something that is wise or the choice to not do something that is unwise. You may be uh, home today saying, I, I, you know what, I need God's wisdom. I, I need God's wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear God. Don't fear coronavirus. Uh, you have much, <laughs> much better things. Fear God. It's the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Paul makes clear that because of the grace that we know in Christ, we are blessed uh, with wisdom uh, and with prudence. Paul prayed constantly for the wisdom of church members. Pray that for each other. Pray that, please, for your pastor. We need wisdom. We need prudence. 
We need wisdom regarding when to reopen our churches. Really, it's, a, uh, it's not just a reopening of a, bi- a, a building. I was going to say business, but building. Uh, it's a reopening of, of our church. It's a relaunching of ministries. And uh, what, what wonderful opportunity as we reopen the building and, uh, and relaunch ministries. Pray for wisdom and prudence from God in Christ to do that just exactly as the Lord would desire according to his word and that we would, we would know how and when he would have us to do that here. Please pray. Uh, I've encouraged our men to join me in prayer on Sunday mornings by, by conference call. Please join us. Boy, we need all the prayer that we can possibly get. And men, we need to be praying together. Ladies, you certainly can too. And I encourage that. I encourage you ladies to do that as well. Uh, In Christ, uh, number four, we're blessed with spiritual unity uh, and a hope of heaven, a certain hope of heaven. See verse nine, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that, verse 10, or so that, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, uh, he might gather together in one uh, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Now there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot packed into those verses. I believe that uh, there's, there's at least two things being pointed to there. One is the possibility of a great unity uh, within churches, local church assemblies today, uh, Jews and Gentiles alike. We have that in our church, and I'm so very thankful for that. That's God's will. That's God's plan. That is made possible by Christ. That was a thing that was unknown to Jews uh, in the past, uh, but before Christ came, it was a mystery in that sense, but Christ came and revealed that. It's no longer mysterious in that sense. Uh, there is a possibility in Christ of a wonderful uh, unity within local church assemblies. You can't find that outside of churches. Uh, it's, it's not God's um, plan for it to exist outside of churches today. Of course, during the millennium, we'll, we'll know a great unity, uh, spiritual unity throughout the world. This, this, is a, this is a local church thing today. Now, in, in those two verses, we see an allusion to heaven as well. And uh, of course, we have a certain hope of heaven in Christ, and there will be a wonderful, complete, perfect unity among believers in Christ made possible by him uh, at that time. Uh, this uh, imperfect unity that we know in churches today will be perfected in heaven. What a wonderful hope we have. What, be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged. Uh, we, we're saved in Christ. We're being sanctified uh, because of that. Uh, we're enjoying a degree of unity, and I, I think our church has a pretty good unity, but, but it, it's, it's not perfect. Uh, be encouraged that we have a certain hope of heaven where we will know uh, a perfect unity made possible by Christ. Uh, number five, in Christ, we're blessed with an inheritance, uh, and, and our inheritance is a certain hope of heaven. Uh, verse 11, in whom we have obtained an inheritance uh, being predestinated according to the will of him who worketh all things after uh, the counsel of his own will. Again, there's a lot there. We could probably just preach on that verse for an hour. But listen, because you've been adopted by God the Father into his family, that's a blessing. It's a blessing made possible by Christ and the cross and the faith that God has given us. 
But because we are adopted into the family of God the Father, uh, we have an inheritance. Uh, inheritances passed from fathers to sons, from fathers to children. Uh, and, and that's what's being pictured here. Uh, we, have, we have heaven to look forward to as a wonderful, perfect inheritance uh, from God the Father. Uh, not only adopted, but because of that, uh, the certainty of a wonderful heavenly inheritance. Heaven, uh, the presence of God, uh, and the certainty of rewards, uh, blessings throughout eternity. Now, please don't miss verse 12. Uh, perk up now, sit up, <laughs> get your pencil out again. Uh, please don't miss verse 12. Those are wonderful blessings for us, but what is God's desire for us today? It's verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory, those of us who first trusted in Christ. If you've trusted in Christ, you know all these blessings in Christ, from Christ. Everything that I just said under the topic of number two in our outline this morning, uh, blessings from Christ, is so that we should be to the praise of his glory, so that we would praise him for these glorious blessings. Those of us who have trusted in Christ need to be in that business of praising God for these things. This is his desire. This is his will. Pastor, what's God's will for my life? Well, part of it is that we praise him, that we be in the constant business of praising him for all the privileges and blessings that we know in God the Father, in God the Son. Lastly, lastly, and please uh, don't, don't tune out. <laughs> Stick with me here. This is important. Lastly, number three, God the Holy Spirit is worthy of praise for his blessings. The ministry of God the Holy Spirit in our life is a profoundly important part of the Christian life. I've said it already this morning, I'll say it again. Don't forget that Christ himself ministered uh, in the anointing power of the Spirit of God. He did not have to do that. He evidently chose to do that, no doubt as an example to us. I am not God. You are not God. We cannot accomplish the ministry that God has given us without the power of God. The Holy Spirit ministers uh, anointing power of God into our lives, into our ministries, uh, that we can accomplish the things that God has set before us. But that's not the only blessing that we know from the Spirit of God. Look with me here in verse 13. Some blessings associated with the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Spirit seals our salvation. He seals our salvation. Verse 13 says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed. Uh, each and every one of them who trusted Christ and each and every one of us who has trusted Christ were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I received an invitation uh, to an event this week. Uh, the event's not this week. It's, it's, it's further down the road. Uh, but that, that envelope was sealed with a wax seal. Uh, it was a wax seal that sealed the envelope tight 
uh, it made a, a, a wonderful and beautiful tight seal upon that envelope. It secured uh, the thing, the invitation that was inside. It secured uh, the contents of the envelope rather perfectly and quite strongly. Uh, the Holy Spirit seals our salvation. Uh, I, I've, I've shared with the church many times, I think at this point, back when I taught youth Sunday school, I always, I always describe this like this. Uh, the Holy Spirit is like a, a wonderful, godly super glue that makes a bond that cannot be broken. If you have placed your faith in Christ for salvation, the Holy Spirit seals your salvation it is a wonderful, uh, godly superglue. It creates a bond that cannot be broken. Uh, it is uh, the certainty of our salvation is, is secured by the Spirit of God. Verse 14 says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption uh, of the purchased possession. Uh, if later on, we'll see Ephesians 4 and verse 30. Just make a note of it now, 4.30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. God is not a, a force, an impersonal force. He is personal. Uh, he can be grieved by our sin. Uh, the Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21, the Bible says, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. God the Holy Spirit has sealed your salvation. You cannot biblically lose your salvation. Now listen, if you have to be very careful about this. Uh, just as you did not trust in your own goodness or your own good works for your salvation, you need to take great care to not be trusting in your goodness, your service, your works for the continuance of your salvation. Uh, to say that someone can lose their salvation because of sin or fail to serve or failure to obey God just doesn't make any sense. Our salvation is by grace through faith. It is not of works. It is not of works. So uh, the getting of it is not of works, and neither is the keeping of it. Uh, it's by grace through faith, and it is sealed by the Spirit of God. Don't worry about the security of your salvation. It is secured. It is guarded. It is sealed by God the Holy Spirit. Take care not to make that uh, a reason. Uh, to go and do whatever you want. No, that's not God's will. Paul's made that clear. He says, God forbid, God forbid, don't, don't do that. It's not a license to sin. Uh, certainly the Spirit is a sanctifying presence in our lives, not, not one who gives us a license to sin. Uh, here in verse 13 also, secondly, secondly, I'll do this quickly. The Spirit is called the Holy Spirit of promise. He's the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, why? Well, because he's both the fulfillment. I believe it's because he's both the fulfillment of a promise and he is the down payment or the earnest of a promise regarding our future. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us today is an encouraging proof that we have a God who keeps his promises. Back in John 14, beginning in verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father. Uh, and he will give you another comforter, another of the same kind, that he may abide with you, all of you, forever, forever, forever. Next verse says, even the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. Well, the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus went, he ascended into heaven, he prayed the Father, send the Spirit to indwell believers, and he has. Uh, he has. Jesus promised that, and he kept his promise, and believers today are are indwelt by the Spirit of God uh, as a result of that. So the Spirit is the Spirit of promise in that sense, perhaps. He is the fulfillment of a promise, but having that promise fulfilled, the Spirit now becomes a down payment, a proof, an evidence that this salvation that we have, it will be continued and it will be completed when we arrive home in heaven. Verse 14 says, this, uh, which the spirit which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Praise God that we know great blessings in the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, who Jesus prayed the Father to send. And in fact, he did. Tremendous blessings this morning. I hope this morning that uh, reviewing these things and, and preaching through this, it's been a, a, a reminder, and a, not only a reminder, but a wonderful encouragement to you this morning. God desires that we be encouraged, not going around dragging our heads, coronavirus this, COVID that, uh, this, that, and the other thing, worry. No, we, we need to take our eyes off of those, pray those things, uh, pray about those things uh, with thanksgiving, uh, and praise God for our many, many blessings. I want to ask you now, I want to return back to the question, what's your response? What is your response to the blessings that we know in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Do you just receive them and kind of move on? Hey, glad I got this salvation, glad I got this sanctification. Uh, but never stop to thank God and praise him, worship him by praising him, thanking him for these blessings. That is God's desire. That is God's desire. Not that we just receive these things, but that we take time to praise and glorify and thank him for these things. I encourage you to take time today to do just that. I'm going to close this in prayer uh, and do that. Zach, come back and lead us in a song, a verse or two, and, um, and we'll be closed. Please join us again tonight at 6 o'clock if you possibly can. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You are so very worthy of our praise. Father, the many blessings that you've poured into our lives, Lord, uh, they make you so very praiseworthy. Lord, of course, you're worthy of praise, uh, even if it were not for these blessings. But Lord, we're reminded this morning and encouraged this morning that these blessings that you poured into our lives are worthy of our praise. Lord, I pray this morning that we would be a people who would be moved, who'd be motivated, who would be obedient to praise you, to praise you for these blessings, to praise you, to magnify, to glorify, to honor you for the grace 
your grace that is reflected in these many blessings. Lord, help us this morning to be people of great gratitude for these many blessings, people who will give you praise, honor, and glory for these many blessings. Father, I praise you this morning for the blessings that I know in you, the blessings that I know in the Lord Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, and the blessings that I know in the Spirit who you sent to indwell me. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Father, I love you. I praise you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take our final hymn sheet and turn to number 573. Number 573, we'll sing the first and the last of Onward Christian Soldiers, number 573. Onward Christian Soldiers, Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before Christ the royal master Leads against the foe Forward into battle See his banner go Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Onward, then, ye people, join our happy throng, blend with ours your voices, in the triumph song glory lord and honor unto christ the king this through countless ages men and angels sing onward christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of jesus going on before. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word. Please help us to apply it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs> 